Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans, wherever you are, I hope you're well. Um, coming at you off the back end of travelling down to uh, the F1, um, which was which was awesome. I think actually being there, the atmosphere was great. Um, you, of course, you see a bit more on TV, but just to say we had done it was was amazing. Um, however, the actual process of getting there was incredibly stressful. Um, if anyone flew <laughs> this past Saturday, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, long story short, we got to the airport, um, got in the, the queue for our flight at half past six to drop our bags off. We spent four hours in that queue, which meant we missed our flight. Um, they got us on a later one. That was delayed five hours. Um, by the time we got onto the plane, arrived at Heathrow, there was no stand for us. Then it took an hour and a half to get our bag. So long story short, um, we got to Glasgow Airport at 6.45 and we got to our hotel in London at about half past nine at night. For those that you don't know, it is a one hour flight from Edinburgh to London. So uh, you can imagine that um, the fact it took all day was rather frustrating. We had had uh, an, a, you know, a, a day of activity planned on the Saturday, which didn't happen, but hey, that's just the way it is. But um, good, uh, you know, a great trip away. I always feel like if there's any coaches out there listening that at some point you have to get out of your current environment, have a little bit of a break, um, de-stress, have some time away from bodybuilding to then get better, um, to formulate new ideas and to ultimately progress and move forward. Um, I think if you spend so long just in your environment, you can often get caught up, up in it get caught up in it, sorry, and, and not progress forward. But anyway, moving on to the, the topic of uh, today's podcast is steroids and fertility. Now, anyone out that's out there listening that is um, considering, you know, trying to start a family and whatnot, please bear in mind that anything I speak about today is based off of my own personal experience. Um, it's based on just physiology, but everything should be taken in the hypothetical, of course. And if um, you are looking to do that, I would, I'd suggest speaking with a, a medical professional. Um, I personally didn't. Um, I spoke with uh, Dr. Dean, uh, Dr. Dean St. Mark, which uh, for those of you who know, um, is the, the formulator for supplement needs. Um, I knew that he had uh, he had uh, had had children, um, and obviously he's quite open to the fact that he takes steroids. Um, so I kind of wanted to wanted to go down that route and if you follow me on Instagram you know that we have uh, an eight month old who's coming up for nine months and we now have one on the way. So I'm going to talk you a little bit through about the science um, behind sort of how testosterone is made in the body and sperm and whatnot and how it all links and then I'll take you through okay what's the problem for us taking steroids because this is like I guess this is everyone's big worry isn't it? And I, I'll admit, guys, I was I was the same. Um, you know, thinking back to, because when you're younger, you know, you start taking gear, maybe say 22, 23, whatever it is. You're not really thinking about that. And if you stay on it for a while and you compete like like I do, you could then start to worry, like, oh god, well, I'm, I'm thinking about having kids and I'm not too sure. So, I guess once you know the science behind it, um, and then how we can kind of intervene and and still have kids, it's it takes a little bit of stress off. Um, for for sure so if we just think about let's talk about the where's testosterone made and in in your body so for, <laughs> before you think about injecting it right just in your body testosterone is made in in the testicles right however that production of testosterone just relies on a number 
of key factors upstream and this really starts off in the brain there's a really fancy term that's thrown around which is called the HPTA right otherwise known as the hypothalamus pituitary testicular axis this is kind of what I'm going to try and dumb down simplify butcher the physiology just so that you can kind of understand in layman's terms what it is but effectively it's a, a negative feedback loop so it kind of relies on the levels of particular hormones at certain points in this feedback loop to tell the brain to produce a certain amount and so on and so forth down the chain um, and the problem I guess that happens um, is we us assisted bodybuilders we inject testosterone so you're maybe kind of wondering like well what does that do so let's uh, let's start off in the brain right you have a have an area of the brain called the the hypothalamus right what i want you to do is just imagine that is like uh the computer chip the thing that fucking runs the computer and without it um you know that can that computer just can't do anything right this is the the I want I don't say the master key, but effectively you could you could say that, right? But we're gonna call it the, the computer chip, right? Now that's where the signal starts. Releases something called GN GNRH, um, which travels down to the pituitary. Now the pituitary we could we could call the the master switch, right? So the hypothalamus, which was we're saying is a computer chip, has the ability to switch on this master switch. Or switch it off or kind of like dull it amplify it so you can imagine rather than it be like an on and off switch it could be like a, you know like there's a, a light that you can put on really strong and then you can dim it it's got the ability to turn it up and to, to turn it down so we've went hypothalamus or computer chip we've then come down to the pituitary so that happens through GnRH which is gonadotropin releasing hormone but again don't worry about that just know that they can speak to each other so hypothalamus um, we've got a pituitary which is a master switch now this is the the most kind of important one is the master switch can release two hormones we have something called LH known as luteinizing hormone and FSH which is known as follicle stimulating hormone these are really crucial and maybe what you, what I want you to do is this part of the podcast rewind it listen to it rewind it listen to it just get those Get those two hormones sort of locked in your brain, the names, and we'll talk about what they do. So FSH and LH, they kind of act upon the testicles to produce testosterone and sperm and sperm, or you know, stimulate spermatogenesis, which is the, the sort of for the production of sperm. But each part of this sort of axis, you could say, the the feedback system, it kind of relies upon the other one it's dependent upon the other one so this is where we are when we put in extraneous testosterone it's going to impact that that whole system so we've went the hypothalamus or the computer switch we then come down to the master switch the pituitary and we've got fsh and lh so lh what does that do lh will act upon particular cells in the testes known as Leydig cells, and these are the ones that produce testosterone. The, the FSH will impact Sertoli cells, which this is where spermatogenesis happens. So 
just remember that if you can, because when we're speaking about what we need to do, we need to be aware of what either one does. So this sort of negative feedback look from the brain to the test is, you could say it kind of works in, in harmony and it's dependent upon certain levels. So as the body is making testosterone, there then comes to a point where it says, right, it deems that is enough in the blood. So then it then tells the hypothalamus, which you know is the computer chip saying, right, listen, we've got enough here. You don't no longer need to produce as much of that LH because we've got enough. So just pull that back a little. So then we, we then produce a little bit less LH, so then there's not as much testosterone production. If testosterone production falls down a little bit, it'll then tell the hypothalamus, look, it's fallen a little bit, we need a bit more. Hypothalamus goes, right, I'm gonna to talk to that anterior pituitary, so the computer switch, sorry, the, the computer chip, then speaks to the master switch and says, hey, listen, produce more of that LH so we can get more testosterone. So that's effectively how the system works. Now, the FSH production is crucial for that happening. Right, so what happens when we inject extraneous testosterone? You're probably wondering. So we kind of know that, that that system was working in harmony. Now what we do by injecting extraneous testosterone, we ramp up the levels of testosterone in our body. So what the, what the, brain, the brain is receiving is the brain's receiving this message saying, look, there's, there's loads of testosterone in, in the blood, in the body, don't produce as much LH because we just don't need, we just don't need as much. However, not only that, so it, that's been downregulated, but remember FSH production works in harmony with LH. FSH is the one that works on spermatogenesis, right? LH is the one that works on testosterone production. So both of these are coming from the pituitary, which is that master switch, the dimmer, the one that can be turned up and turned down. So when we inject exchange testosterone, we find that it's consistently just turned down, right? So you're probably thinking, right, does that mean that I'm not producing any sperm whatsoever? Well, no, it doesn't. It just means that you're not producing need as much. If we were to sort of think about the uh, a normal sort of sperm count, it would be that it would be a low sperm count would, would be if you have less than 15 million per milliliter. So a normal sperm count would be would be above that, right? However, but just because your sperm count is low doesn't mean that you're not producing any sperm. This is kind of uh, something that's uh, something that hit home to me <laughs> that I'll, I'll speak about in this podcast. Um, see if you are, are, are listening to this and thinking, I want a better visual representation Go on YouTube, type steroids and fertility, VW physique, and you'll see a PowerPoint presentation about 15, 20 minutes of me going through this. Um, so back to back to as I was saying, if you were to inject this, you need to inject testosterone like we do. Um, you're going to downregulate levels of FSH and LH. So for example, looking at that, um, looking at that same PowerPoint, I put a screenshot on my blood work. Um, this was um, a while back. But you'll see um, that my FSH and LH were um, below 0.3 uh, on, on their sort of their scale and the range is between 1.5 um, to say 12.4 for FSH and 1.7 to 8.6. So 
we know that we're below, well below the range, right? Because my testosterone at the time was 125 nanomol per liter. Remember that, that normal range is between 8.64 and 29. So you could see how testosterone was super high. FSH, LH, rock bomb. Now, some of you are thinking, oh, Vaughn, but what if I actually injected extraneous testosterone and, you know, was within the TRT range? Would would FSH and LH come back to levels? The answer is no, because you're still injecting that. The body's not producing it on its own. And that's the main problem that we'll kind of get into. So you're probably thinking, right, Vaughn, well, um, clearly I want to, you know, get uh, my wife pregnant or you know, my girlfriend or whoever it is. Um, how do I go about this if I've got a low sperm count? So I used something um, called HMG, and this has kind of come into light the past few years. Uh, I use this for our first child. Um, and it can also be known as uh, menotropin. Um, and what it is, it's hormonal, hormonally active medication in the treatment of fertility issues. Now what this does, so I want you to, to go back and think about that system. Think about hypothalamus, the computer chip, pituitary, which is the master switch. From the master switch comes FSH and LH. LH we know works on testosterone production. FSH is the one that acts upon spermatogenesis and that impacts what we call the Sertoli cells in the testicles. So here's the good thing is that HMG is acting as extraneous FSH. So we're injecting effectively FSH, which is then stimulating our balls to produce sperm. So we've kind of went, right, we're injecting testosterone. So uh, we're injecting testosterone, so we've done regular the system. However, we're going back a step. We're going back up the um, the feedback loop to a different step and injecting something else that's going to then say, right, produce a little bit more sperm. There's a lot of people out there that will suggest using um, HCG whilst they're trying to get their, their partner pregnant. Now, if you're staying on anabolic steroids, in my opinion, and in the opinion of Dr. Dean St. Martin as well at the time, there would be zero need to use extraneous um, HCG because remember that acts as LH. Now think back to the system again. I'm always always going to bring you back to that system, the HPTA. LH is the one that works on the testicles to produce testosterone. You don't need that to, you don't, because you're already injecting extraneous testosterone so you're, it's not going to really do anything if that makes sense so and you know when i uh, when we fell pregnant with our first child i didn't use hcg i simply used hmg and typically it'll need to be ran for about 12 to 16 weeks um before you would notice an adequate rise in fsh to stimulate spermatogenesis and remember the full process by which the body lays down new sperm is going to take about 64 days so i would suggest once you're adequate levels if you're doing this right and you've checked your sperm count and it's low wait about the 64 days for new sperm to be put down to ensure that your sperm count has increased and that you have viable sperm for conception um, if you're wondering if it works you know well as i said we we have one coming up for nine month old and then we have uh we have a bun in the oven as well, um, just about 13 weeks, um, just out, out first trimester, so in trimester two. Um, and the interesting thing is with the uh, with the second child, the, um, you know, we don't know whether it's a boy or a girl yet, uh, I didn't use any HMG. 
<laughs> right? So this is the thing, um, and and I still remember Doctor Dean said to this to me on 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 one of our one of our multiple calls we had about this. He said because because he said you know Vaughn, you're still producing, um, you still will be producing some sperm. He says remember it just it only takes one, it only takes one sperm to swim the floating tubes, meet the egg, boom, and you know there you go, baby made. However, um, that's not always the case, but with the, the second one, that, that clearly was the case because I wasn't using any HMG. And the, the thought process behind um, why you want to have a high sperm count when trying to conceive is that when the sperm get to the egg, they release an enzyme that softens the egg shell and allows one of them to penetrate and, you know, there you go, you have, you have conception. Um, so you can imagine if you have a, a lower sperm count, then there's not going to be as many that get to the egg. Um, and, and bear in mind as well, not only will the sperm count be low, but usually as well, the you're, you're, if you're taking steroids and you're not taking HMG, the, the sperm won't be able to swim quite as well. Um, but uh, there's plenty of examples of bodybuilders not using anything and they're they're their wives or their their other half, significant other half, fallen pregnant, and and I've been one of those one of those examples. It'll be dependent upon a number of factors, but you could argue it's um, it's also maybe the fact to do with just how much um, you know you and your partner are are trying. Uh, I think that um, like any bodybuilder, I have a regimented schedule of when I eat and when I train and whatnot, and um, you can implement the same. <laughs> The same sort of regimented schedule when you guys try in the lead up to um, your partner's ovulation. That's that's what we did. Um, my my wife we uh, we knew her her cycle um, inside out. She had got to the point where she could kind of feel um, when she was ovulating and from which side. Um, like it was it was crazy, but you know she she got so in tuned with that, so we knew when the cycle would come. And here's the thing, for those of you that don't know, um, some people out there maybe try once and they try on ovulation day. When sperm can live um, for about five days, there thereabouts, um, inside like say the fallopian tubes and, and whatnot. So if you know when your partner's ovulating, it makes sense to like get a, a little bit ahead of the game um, and kind of get some sperm in there and continually to top them up um one and the reason i want to do this podcast is because actually over over the months um since having Caden, or you know after we conceived and then um you know through the pregnancy and after um a lot of a lot of bodybuilders kind of roughly my age and the ones i've competed with before messaged me and said hey von you know how, how did you go about it we're going to try to um so i explained kind of what i did but then also just explaining um remember the fact that if you get a lot of sperm that get to the egg there's more chance that you conceive so trying to say this in a roundabout way is that usually maybe say you're, you're trying once once you're finished um, your partner might run to the toilet right and a lot of the sperm might just come out now what <laughs> from my experience we didn't do that um, we allowed gravity to do its thing which was after you finished pop a pillow or whatnot underneath your partner's bottom um, and you know tell them to chill out for for 10 minutes so that when they do eventually st stand up 
none of the sperm comes out and more sperm will kind of get towards the egg and like if you're someone that's listening to this and you aren't trying for kids that'll sound like really silly um to you but if you're someone that is trying that'll be and you've not you've not done that you'll be like oh my god why haven't you even thought of that it's something that's really really simple that um i've chatted to some some guys about uh bodybuilders about that that i've been trying and they didn't and then they've messaged me a few months later being like that holy shit we've we've conceived and it's awesome um awesome to to hear that so yeah i just everything i'm saying again is coming from my my own journey and my experience it's not to say you should go do this it's just a case of hey if you're listening to this and um you you know you're interested in the physiology the science but also um kind of how how we went about it this is this is exactly how we went about it so it's it's probably going to seem strange because you're, you're saying right Vaughn well the first one you used HMG and you did everything right um, or how it potentially should be done because you've got thinking inside you've got that worry I'm going to do everything to the absolute fucking T um, but the second one we didn't so the, the first one we got married um, in December of 2020 and were pregnant by February you know that's when we had started started trying um, thereafter which was which was awesome, and then when Caden got to about um, four, or five, four or five months old, five months old, was when we found that we were we were pregnant with the with the second one, which um, which is which is crazy to think of how close they'll be, but you know they'll be they will be very very close close in age and and uh, hopefully you know very close as they as they do grow up, but um, it just kind of shows you that if you are a couple out there that um, may perhaps you know you you're going at it quite frequently that uh, this can happen without the use of, of hmg or, or any other help out there so yeah as i said to you i definitely think that um if you are going to be trying you should be maybe having a having a call um or meeting with a medical professional uh but the you know over over the past few years it has kind of come out more um more readily that that this is kind of how you can go about it now i'm sure there'll be some people out there that argue that um you should come off completely and that the pct protocol um kind of i'd suggest by dr dean st marsh should be followed um to then naturally um conceive that way however what i found and this is the thing like if you're listening to this and you've been someone that's taking gear for a long time um you'll know that when you come off you have to rock bottom your test levels now here's the thing if you've rock bottomed them you feel horrendous so you then have zero sex drive, zero drive to do anything. Energy levels in the, are in the bin. You don't want to train. You feel horrendous, etc., um, etc. Et and if you've been on gear for a long time, there's no to say that your natural sort of HPTA or that big feedback look we spoke about there earlier on in the podcast will come back. Is it now to say even if you do follow PCT and if you did, you might find that your your natural test levels are really really low compared to where they were before you take steroids. So then you might find that off steroids your sex drive is really low. So the drive and the want to to conceive, um, isn't quite as strong. Off steroids as it is on, and this is kind of here lies the problem is that you could argue you you can come off sure, but you need you're going to have this interim period which could be anywhere between it depends on you've been on like three four five six months of just feeling horrendous, which if you're, you and your partner want to conceive in a specific time, then that's not ideal. So like for me, we got married in December and I said, right, well, I'll, I'll maybe compete this year, which was in 2021, I says, but it'll depend on how long we've got, preg- how, um, if we fall pregnant or not. And then um, we kind of 
we knew we had a, a window um, and we wanted to fall pregnant and we did. We were you know, kind of one of the fortunate ones um, to fall pregnant straight away. Whilst I was on, um, I wasn't on TRT, I was I was blasting. Um, and then the, the second child, um, I, my, I, my test levels were a lot higher than they were. Um, the first one, I think my, the first one I was on, I think it was like 300 test and 300 primo. I was kind of cruising in this cruise, cruise period. And uh, at this point, in the blast, the test test is at like five fifty a week. Primo's at six hundred, and mass at three hundred or whatever, and deck is in there too. So, please don't go away and, and follow that. That's just personal to me. But it's giving you guys, if you're out there and you're assisted bodybuilder, an idea of like, okay, well, Vaughn was running that, or here's a bodybuilder that was running that, and they've conceived. So, I hope that this podcast does help. Um, if you are out there and you are trying to conceive, I, I know how stressful it can be. Um, and the the sort of the worry of if it'll ever happen when it should happen and as the guy thinking like oh is it something to do with me is there something wrong with who I am but just remember that not everyone can can get pregnant really easily um there's obviously a, a number of factors to that need to be taken on account um not every pregnancy will um will latch on you know I think the the rate of miscarriage um I think is one in four and it can be um due to a number of different reasons within those sort of first first few weeks maybe perhaps the the egg hasn't implanted on the ut- uterine wall um and therefore you you maybe lose it but um i would say if if that is the case and that's the scenario um just just keep keep trying keep at it because um you could fall pregnant the month after um and spoke to a number of number of couples out there that that's happened um but as i said to you if you're out there and um you, you're kind of worrying about um is it is it me you know can am i able to conceive when you know the science and the physiology you could then have a bit of confidence um especially if you go on the hmg route that right okay you're doing everything that you possibly can uh to to conceive um and what i'd say is just know your partner's cycle inside out like get her to track uh, i think we used the app called flow which worked really well get her to be really in tune with when she ovulates know that as i said the sperm can live live in there for five days and so get topping up (laughs) if that if you get what i'm saying in the lead up to um to ovulation day and then um you know i I do wish you the best of luck so yeah i just thought i'd do this podcast because it was it's another sort of um another uh, place that i could i direct guys to 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 find out a little bit more about my experience rather than having to to constantly repeat myself if that makes sense but you know if, if you are struggling um my, my dms are always open if uh, maybe perhaps you listen to this and and it works and it helps I, i'd love to know about that and, and if that's the case a massive congratulations because it is um something that's incredibly special and something that will change your life as a bodybuilder um you maybe don't think that yet <laughs> you maybe don't but then when the wee one comes around and uh you know your your goals are now secondary um it, it's it's just the norm you know and you accept it and you don't, don't even think about it you know like as i said like i naturally drop down to, to four days training don't track my food at the weekends anymore um because we're just out and about uh when we're you know for example away there at the weekend uh, it's, it's all about you know make sure he's all right protein intake was was crap but you get you get a, ha- you get a happiness that's hard to describe um it's like you know not like no other um that from from that than you do from meet your own goals that are now secondary and will always will be so yeah i hope that helps um if you are as i said out there i, I do wish you the best 
And remember that wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.